The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Senator Sarah Henderson to talk about all things federal politics. Senator, good morning. Thanks for being on the program. A very good morning to you, Mitch. So, first of all, in New South Wales, 496 new cases. Haven't seen the figures for Victoria yet, but I see the concern is from some epidemiologists that because the cases are so high in Victoria and not coming down, it would seem that maybe we can't reopen. Maybe we don't have the uh, capacity in our health system. Well, Mitch, uh, let me firstly say that it's a, a fantastic day in New South Wales. They are all celebrating Freedom Day. They've reached... 70% of the eligible population, which has now been double vaccinated. It's in fact 73%, uh, obviously lower in Victoria and the national rate is 62% on average across the country. Uh, But I think what's uh, incredibly important is that New South Wales cautiously and carefully is reopening its economy driven by the very high vaccination rate. So the most important thing that Victorians can do is get out and get vaccinated. The more people who are vaccinated, uh, of course, the less pressure there will be on our hospital system and the more quickly we can reopen. It is concerning, I have to say, Mitch, that we are not adopting the same plan as New South Wales once we do reach a 70% vaccinated So home visits will still be prohibited. Uh, Gatherings will be uh, very limited. There will be a a very severe cap in hospitality and retail outlets. And so we're seeing a lot more freedoms in New South Wales. And again, I would say to Daniel Andrews and this government, please look at what New South Wales is doing. Follow that model, which is in accordance with the COVID-19 national plan and start to give Victorians hope and confidence. Some would say that that might go too far, given that here in Victoria we haven't got the figures for today, but who knows, it could be over the 2,000 mark. New South Wales is only on about 496. So by comparison, they seem to be doing a lot better than us in terms of the number of new cases. Well, I think what's happened in Victoria, and there's a fair bit of evidence of this, uh, people have lost hope under circumstances where we are now the most lockdown city in the world. We've gone from being, Melbourne at least, the most livable city in the world to the most locked down. And I think many, many people are just deciding I've had enough. I'm breaking the rules. I'm visiting my friend. I'm visiting my mum. When I had an email yesterday from a woman who lives on the Ballerine Peninsula, she's 78. She says, I can't have two friends to, to, we have a small sewing group and I can't have two friends to come to my home and sew. We'll all be socially distanced, all have masks on. And yet we're allowed to go to a restaurant with many more people in the restaurant. Uh, Some of these rules are so draconian and people's spirit are being broken in Victoria, Mitch. And that's why I have been such a strong voice uh, against some of these draconian restrictions, including the fact that we still have a curfew in Melbourne. So at 9.30 at night, if you want to take your dog outside for a quick five-minute walk, uh, you're not allowed to do that. And so, um, I mean, this is what Matthew Guy has been talking about as the new opposition leader in Victoria. Victorians want hope. They want a plan that they can rely on. And I think uh, more and more Victorians are questioning uh, whether really it's time for Daniel Andrews to walk away because... 
there's been so much confidence dashed in this state. Now, in terms of the race for Karangamut, there's an article in the Geelong Advertiser today about the Drysdale pool. Essentially, from what I can gather, the Labor Party is saying if you vote for us, you'll get an inside indoor pool. And you're saying if you vote for the Liberals, the pool will be outside. Is that correct? No, that's not correct. So the the facts are these. Um, There's already uh, a project underway and construction will begin early next year on a 50 metre heated outdoor pool, which will be able to be used all year round, complete with, you know, kiosk and change rooms and beautiful community lawn, uh, being stage one of the North uh, Ballerine Aquatic Centre. Now, what Labor has done, uh, that's a $15.45 million project. Labor has said, uh, we will use that money to apply to an indoor pool facility. Well, Labor has grossly misled uh, the people of our region, the people of Karangamite. Uh, Libby Coker can't even do basic numbers. She can't add up. The bottom line is that that money is already contracted. And by the time the federal election comes around, most of that money would have been expended and construction would be underway. So Labor's plan really depends on shutting down the construction of the outdoor pool, which won't be happening. And of course, uh, taking money that it has no legal authority to take because that's subject to a binding funding agreement. So the plan as we have put forward is a very strong plan. Stage one, an outdoor 50-metre pool. Stage two is an indoor pool facility with hydrotherapy, uh, aqua play area, gymnasium and the like. And that's uh, the concept designs for that um, second stage of the centre is in the planning at the moment. So what I say to Lisa Neville, who has not committed $1 to this uh, aquatic centre, uh, please... Um, Please stop going missing in action. Please find some funding for stage two. And what I would say to Libby Coker is please don't destroy a project under construction. I mean, what a ridiculous plan that is. She was missing in action three years ago when we committed $10 million and Labor committed absolutely nothing. She's demonstrated once again she's not listening to the community and now she's scrambling with this uh, callous hoax. I mean, it it is a cruel hoax, this plan, uh, because she's made promises to the community that she knows that she cannot honour. And uh, so I just say, let's all work together. We've got stage one underway, a wonderful outdoor facility, and now let's work together as a community to develop stage two, which is... uh, you know, obviously the vision is a really wonderful indoor pool facility complete with hydrotherapy, aquaplay and the other facilities I mentioned. Uh, and now we need the state government to step up and contribute some funding. It's just not fair that Lisa Neville uh, doesn't think, um, you know, thinks that it's okay to go missing in action in relation to this really important facility, which is not just important for community health and wellbeing, but also it will save lives. In terms of the race for Karangamite, it would seem that Labor is off to a, a faster start than the Liberal Party. I see Labor running quarter page ads in the local publications. I see them announcing this swimming pool thing. And I haven't, to be honest, seen a lot of Stephanie Asher, the Liberal candidate yet. For example, she hasn't come on this program not saying that this is the be-all and end-all of political communication. But would it be fair to say that Labor is starting its campaign a bit faster than the Liberal Party? Mitch, can I just say, without saying too much, I think that's a very unfair comment to make about Stephanie. Um, Stephanie has been on bereavement leave. So 
Um, I think, you know, perhaps lay off the gloves on Stephanie on that one. Um, she's made that very clear. Um, Stephanie Asher has been an incredible community leader um, for our region as mayor. And she's now, of course, the Liberal candidate. Um, she's someone who's able to get things done. And she has had an enormous vision for our region, driving record capital infrastructure investment uh, right across the region. And unlike Libby Coker, who goes missing in action on everything from standing up for Bells Beach when we lose the Bell, Bells Beach Rip Curl Classic to not having a voice when it comes to that terrible Belt and Road Agreement that Daniel Andrews entered into on behalf of the Victorian government. Uh, Stephanie Asher is a wonderful community representative and inspiring leader who will be, um, I think, a, a wonderful voice for the people of our region if she is elected. And so um, let me just say uh, the Morrison Liberal government is driving more investment into our region than we have ever seen before. You know, when you look at the massive infrastructure projects that we are delivering, the Bowen Heads Road duplication, the upgrade of the Warren Ponds to South Geelong Rail, uh, the huge major uh, road upgrades around our region, you know, the enormous investment, the silent investment that you don't see in all the facilities, whether it's the ABS's centre in the middle of Geelong, whether it's the NDIS headquarters, uh, whether it's the community infrastructure projects right across our region. Um, the Morrison government's focus is on getting things done in our region, as well as, of course, delivering the most incredible amount of investment in excess of $49 billion for Victoria to drive our health and economic recovery. So where has Libby Coker been on uh, standing up for businesses, on standing up for families who have been absolutely crushed during these draconian restrictions, which have also been... Uh, a, a terrible breach of human rights in some respects. She has been absolutely missing in action. And even when Surf Coast Shire announced that it was shutting down Australia Day celebrations, which is a terrible decision, again, uh, we see Libby Coker missing in action. So she's been a very ineffective uh, voice for the people of Karangamite, and that's why I think that Stephanie Asher will be such a, a positive um, change just what the people of Karangamite needs because she has got a track record of delivery. She knows how to get things done and we're getting on with the job of delivering. Uh, speaking of Libby Coker, she said on this program a couple of weeks ago that we need to see the Prime Minister attend the summit in Glasgow around climate change and also see the News Corp uh, papers are running a, a campaign around climate change today. Do you agree, does uh, Australia need to send the Prime Minister in order to say we take climate change seriously as an issue? Well, look, I don't really think, as I said before, that people are really listening to Libby Coker. She has not been a, a voice at all for our region. And uh, the only things that she says are negative. Uh, I haven't seen uh, one positive um, proposal put forward for our region uh, from from the, the current member for Karangamite. Look, on this issue, what's really important is uh, that we are driving emissions down uh, they are now at the lowest levels uh, since records began in 1990. And our technology, not taxes plan, our technology investment roadmap is driving some $20 billion in investment in renewable projects from hydrogen to long duration energy storage, 
carbon capture and storage, healthy soils. Um, organizations like the CEFC uh, are obviously very important as well. So uh, in 2020 alone, Mitch, I just want to give your listeners some um, insight. Australia deployed more renewable energy uh, than in six years of the previous Labor government. We are on track to meet and beat our two 2030 Paris target, which is reducing emissions by 26 to 28. And we are working on finalising a very strong plan in the lead up to COP26. Uh, what matters is substance. That's what we're concerned about. But in any um, aim to head to net zero, which of course is uh, very much the aspiration of our government, we don't, we won't do it in a way that hurts the economy and hurts jobs. And just finally, we had Julia Baggio, the CEO of G21 on the program last week, talking about their priority projects, bearing in mind that next year is an election year for both state and federal politics. And uh, they've listed a range of things, including transport infrastructure, a second stage of the Bowen Heads Road duplication, a link from the Barnet Boulevard to the Bellarine. Uh, if you're thinking about the elections coming up next year, what are the infrastructure priorities in that area for our region? Well, Mitch, I agree with G21. I think G21 has identified one of the biggest challenges for our region is that that is transport infrastructure. It's been my absolute passion since, uh, you know, I first ran as a candidate for, as the, uh, as, you know, obviously as the Liberal candidate for Karangamite, when we were championing the duplication of the Princess Highway, which is now a magnificent road between Geelong uh, and Colac, which is part funded by the Australian government. So transport infrastructure is incredibly important. When I first started campaigning for the rail upgrade between South Geelong and Warren Ponds, the state Labor government said this was not a priority. Uh, we've now got a project under construction, very much driven um, by me as the local member and then by the Morrison government, delivering enormous investments, as I say, in excess of a billion dollars uh, into rail alone to make sure that we get the transport infrastructure we deserve. Unfortunately, we have seen the Labor state government really lagging on this issue as Armstrong Creek and Warralilly grow exponentially as we prepare for a massive growth in the north of Geelong. Uh, we are not seeing a state government which is driving investment in transport infrastructure ahead of population growth. And it is a, a terrible reflection on Lisa Neville and the other uh, state Labor MPs locally uh, that we still have no plan to connect the Ring Road to the Ballerine and extend Barnier Boulevard. Uh, Lisa Neville has made it clear that that would involve the destruction of more than 100 homes and frankly that project has been in the planning for four years and it just goes to show why we need a regional planning authority so we can plan our roads and our rail long term uh, and really make sure that we are planning our roads so that we don't have a situation that we have now but certainly there's no doubt that the Bowen Heads Road duplication is a, a big priority uh, as is better extent, better connections to the Ballerine, uh, a few other big projects. I mean, public transport on the Ballerine is terrible. Under this state Labor government, uh, not a word from Libby Coker, not a word from Richard Miles. We have seen a real failure to invest in public transport across our region. You might remember, Mitch, that uh, you know the last state, uh, state election, the Liberals had a fantastic plan to deliver suburban rail across Geelong. And, and frankly, that's what we need. 
We need a really strong vision for the future and we are not getting it under Labor either federally or at a state level. Well, thanks for being on the program. Always good to catch up and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much, Mitch. Thank you, Senator Sarah Henderson with us there. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.